This message is brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about our ministries, we encourage you to visit us online at tabernaclehickory.org. That's tabernaclehickory.org. You can find our sermons on a number of platforms, including Apple iTunes, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. We trust that God will use this message to speak to your heart. So I want to invite your attention to Acts chapter number 1. Acts chapter number 1. And we begin looking uh, this past Sunday, the first Sunday of 2020, and the first Sunday of a new decade, on, on the basics, getting back to the basics of the New Testament church. And I, I want us to, as we enter into this year, think of the basics. As I mentioned last week, life gets complicated, doesn't it? And, and to be honest with you, church life and ministry can grow complicated if we allow it to. And sometimes it's just good to hit the reset button to get back to the basics of it all because there are some things that we can lay aside. There's some things that we allow to distract us that really don't need to distract us. And uh, they're all oftentimes, sometimes they're good things, by the way but they're not the best things. And so we have to make choices. And here we find uh, the basics, the essentials, if you would, of the New Testament church. And uh, we began looking at those uh, this past Lord's Day. And we look, first of all, at the fact that the Lord's presence is among us. As we come to worship, we come to worship the Lord today. It's not just a group of people who have come to a church service. We have come into the presence of God, and he is with us. What an amazing thought. And uh, we examined uh, the truth of that and the fact that the Lord Jesus gathers us together as a family. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 10 and 11 teach us that, that he has gathered us together as a family. And then we saw in verse number 12 that the Lord Jesus himself leads his people who are gathered together. He leads them to worship him. He sings with us, and he declares the name of the Lord to us. He does the preaching. He does the song leading. And so we see that he gathers us as a family and he leads us to worship. And then we saw in verses 17 and 18 of Hebrews chapter 2 that as we come to worship him, he comes to help us in our need. I don't know the need of your life today. I imagine in this group of people that if we listed the most important needs in our lives, some of them would be the same, but many of them would be different. And so how do you come together in one setting and find that our needs are met. It is when we come into the presence of the Lord Jesus that he meets our needs. And so we're thankful for that precious promise that he is able to succor. That word means to help them that are tempted, those who are tried, those who are tested. As we come to this text this morning, we're going to consider not only the Lord's presence among us, but we're going to consider this morning the Lord's plan for us. 
the Lord's plan for us. Acts chapter 1, we'll begin reading in verse number 4, and being assembled together with them, commanded them, this is of course the Lord Jesus assembled together with his disciples, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. And we pray that you would help us now speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. We're looking at this subject, the Lord's plan for us, the Lord's plan for his church. We're getting back to the basics of the New Testament church. And when you think about this truth that the Lord has a plan for his church. Now, that plan uh, revolves around his purpose. And as we sung this morning, his purpose is to save. Jesus said that he came into the world to save sinners. I did not come, he said, to condemn men, to destroy their lives, but I have come to give them life. I have come to seek and to save that which was lost. And Paul said that the Lord Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom Paul said, I am chief, speaking of himself. And I would say with Paul, wait a minute, no, I think I'm the chief. And if, if, if you see yourself the way you should, you'd say, oh, no, 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 wait a minute, I'm the chief. You see, we're all sinners, right? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the problem of this world is that people are lost in their sin, and they're on their way without God to an awful place of torment, the place called hell, a place not prepared for man, but a place prepared for the devil and his angels. But when men sinned against God, when Adam sinned against God, and, and that sin became a part of our DNA, of our fabric, uh, of who we are, who we will be, uh, then we were without God, without hope in this world. But Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to this earth and became a man. And he became a man so that he may uh, identify with us, so that he might live righteously, and so that he might die to make the payment for our sin. He rose again from the grave on the third day, and he ascended up into heaven 40 days later. He offers salvation to all who will believe. And so Jesus Christ has a purpose in this world today, and we as his believers, we as his church, need to make sure that we really understand what God is concerned about today. It is not as much about political parties as we might think or moral issues as we might think. Let me tell you what God's purpose is today. It is to save sinners. And the Lord Jesus has commissioned a group of people to be about that business. That's the church. The church started with Jesus. And so we find here 
that this church, and I'm not speaking now of a generic body. I'm not speaking uh, of some worldwide mystical body. I'm speaking of this local New Testament assembly that is gathered here this morning. This church has a purpose, and that purpose is to carry out God's purpose in the world. Now, how will we do it? Well, the Lord not only gives us the purpose, but he gives us the plan. He gives us the plan. Now, I want you to imagine you hire somebody to build you a house, and you're excited. You're going to have a house after all these years, and uh, you selected the blueprints, and you said, this is exactly what I want. It has the bedrooms I want. It has the bathrooms. It has the closet space. It has everything I need. And so you hire a builder. And the builder shows up, and he's got a load of lumber, and he's got some materials, and he starts building. And, and you notice that he just sort of kind of doing what he wants to. And you say, wait a minute. <clears throat> this foundation is not right. It, it doesn't have as much square footage, and, 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 and these rooms, the, the, these, these aren't the dimensions. And, and he says, oh, it's okay. It's just kind of the way I woke up today. This is how I feel about the thing. My daddy built a house like this. He trained me how to build a house, so I'm going to build a house like this. Everybody else's house looks about like this, so I'm going to follow this plan. You would say, wait a minute. No, no, that's not what I hired you. That's not what I employed you to do. I have a plan, and I want you to follow the plan. That'd be one arrogant builder, would it not be? Imagine how arrogant we must look when we decide that we're going to do what we want to do. Do you know, our, our, our county, our state, our nation, our world is filled with churches that do things the way they want to do them and not the way God wants them to do Do you know that there are pews and seats and chairs that are populated this morning in churches across this country and even in our very own where people have their own ideas about what churches ought to be doing and how it ought to be done? how we ought to live our life and how we ought not to live our life. Friend, I want to tell you that God has given us a plan. And that plan is according to his purpose. And we would do well to consider God's plan for the Tabernacle Baptist Church. So what is it? Well, I want you to look at it again as we consider the plan. And as we consider the plan, let's ask ourselves this question. Are we, as a church, are we as individuals who make up the church, are we following the plan? Are we, are, or are we following our own? And so may the Lord help us. I want you to notice three things we find in this text. Number one, they waited. They waited. I, I said a moment ago, imagine you finally had the opportunity to build your dream home. <laughs> a lot of times, uh, you don't get to build that right off the bat, right? It takes time. Uh, it takes a lot of preparation. Uh, you, you're, in your own mind, you, you, you change over time, and your needs of today change tomorrow, and you decide later on that you'd like to do things differently. And so the Lord said to his church, the first thing they were to do was that they were to wait. 
Now, notice how eager they are. Verse number six. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Remember the problem that the disciples had? They were looking for Jesus. And by the way, so were all the Jews. They were looking for a Messiah who would deliver them from Roman uh, oppression. They were looking for a political deliverer. They were not looking for a sin bearer who would rescue them from their sin. They were looking for political deliverance. Now, when Jesus went to the cross, he made the payment for sin. He rose again victorious over death and hell in the grave. And uh, he showed himself, as we see in Acts chapter 1, uh, he, he demonstrated that he was alive, arisen from the dead with many infallible proofs. Imagine how those disciples who had went through those traumatic days Imagine how they felt now as they spent time with a resurrected Savior and everybody in Jerusalem uh, knew that he had risen again from the dead and it was an undeniable truth and an undeniable fact and they were filled with excitement. They were filled with wonder and they said, oh Lord, surely right now it's the time to deliver the kingdom again to Israel. They had their own plan. They had their own idea. They're just like us, aren't they? But it wasn't God's idea. So notice his response to them. Uh, in verse number 7, he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. In other words, he's saying to them, Though you are eager, here's what I need you to do. I need you to wait. Look in verse number four. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. Sit still, he said. Wait for the promise of the Father, which saith, He, ye have heard of me. Now we understand that that promise has been fulfilled. What was that promise? That promise was the coming of the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. And at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came down and filled the church, filled the believers with his presence and his power. That was the promise they were to wait for. But if they had gone about their own plan in their own power, it would have been a futile effort, would it not? But because they were willing to wait, because they were willing to submit to God's plan, because they were willing to be filled with God's power when they went God used them do you know what we need in this hour we need though the promise of the Holy Spirit is here oftentimes we need to learn how to wait on the Lord we we want decisions made we want them made yesterday right and we get antsy about them, and we get anxious about them, and we wonder when things are going to happen. And this is where the disciples find themselves. They're antsy about what needs to be done, and they just can't hardly stand to sit around and wait any longer. They're ready to act. But the Lord said to them, you better learn to wait. And they waited. Psalm 27 and verse 14, the Bible says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse number 31, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. As God's people, we need to learn to wait upon the Lord. 
just yesterday, I had the opportunity to meet with some of our men on our finance committee, and, and we were considering questions, some of them that we've been considering for a long period of time, and this is the conclusion we came to. We've been waiting upon God to show us what to do. And as a church, we, bear, we dare not get impulsive, but we learn to wait on the Lord. And we understand that God in time works to prepare opportunities for us. And when he opens those doors, then we dare not wait. We go forward for the glory of God. Amen? But it's good for us to learn to wait. To wait so that we have a clear understanding of God's purpose. To wait so that we understand God's plan. And to wait so that we are filled with with God's power. We dare not go off uh, into the fields with our own plan, uh, not filled with the Holy Ghost, but relying upon our own power, because if we do, we will rob God of his glory. We will not accomplish his purpose, and he will not be pleased. We might build a house, but it's not the house he wants built. So number one, they waited. Number two, they went. They went. Now, when it comes to the purpose of the church, that's evangelism, we understand that what they were waiting for was the power of the Holy Spirit. And here we find that as believers today, we receive the Holy Ghost the moment that we are saved. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. And if we study God's Word, we can certainly understand His purpose and plan. And we have the promise of His presence and His power. And so really, there's nothing to stop us. There's nothing to impede us from going and here's what we find the church did. They went. Notice, if you would, please, in verse number 8. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and under the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Now, I want you to notice what they did. After he gave them this command, and they waited for the promise of the Father, in Acts chapter 2, as soon as the Holy Spirit filled them, they began to speak. And they began to give the gospel to the people in Jerusalem. Now, that is the plan that the Lord gave them. Notice again in verse number 8. But, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem. Do you see that? But not only in Jerusalem, in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Here is where God has commanded us to go. He's commanded us to go in our own city. He's commanded us to go in our own town. He's commanded us to go in our own part of the state our state, our nation, and friend, he's commanded us to go unto the ends of the earth. This is what the Lord has commissioned his church to do, and this is the plan that he has established for the Tabernacle Baptist Church and all the churches who are Bible-believing, Bible-preaching churches submitted to God in his word. We are to take the message of the gospel to our city and to our world. Now, having considered that that is the truth, that is God's plan, let me ask you a question. Have we succeeded at that? Have we succeeded to reach our neighbors with the gospel? Have we 
succeeded in reaching the city of Hickory or the city of Newton or the city of Conover or the city of Taylorsville or Bethlehem or Longview or Mountain View or any area that you can name, Brookford and all the other communities that you can name around the Hickory area, which make up this greater Hickory metro. Let me ask you a question. What did God give us favor for? What did God bless us all these 70-some years for? What does God have for us to do today if we're not involved in reaching our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Remember God's purpose. God's purpose is to save sinners. You say, well, I'm in. Hallelujah. But your job's just beginning. It is your responsibility and my responsibility. It is a responsibility of this church to understand that we must take the gospel to Hickory, North Carolina. You say, well, there are churches all over. Yes, but are they doing it? A church is not a country club. It's not a social club. It's not simply a gathering place for us to have a good time and, and have our emotions stirred and, and, and to you know have family meals together and good fellowship and baby showers and, and weddings and all those things are a part of what we do, right? And we enjoy that. But we need to understand what God put us here to do to reach Hickory with the gospel. And may God help us to do it. Now, here's the question for you and for me. Are we doing it? I'm not asking you if somebody in this church is doing it. I'm asking you, are you doing it? You see, the Lord commissioned his church, and you are a part of his church. You say, well, that's just not my personality. I just, you know, I could never do that. Look, anybody in this church can take a handful of gospel tracts and give them to people. Anybody in this church can say to a clerk as you check out, I'd like to give you something to read this week. Anybody in this church can say to someone, I'd like to invite you to come and visit with us this week at Tabernacle Baptist Church. Anybody in this church could say to some coworker, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Anybody who has the Lord Jesus living in them has the promise of his presence. You have a story to tell. Anybody in this church can tell somebody what Jesus did for them. The problem is we're too embarrassed about it or we're too afraid to, to give the gospel or we're too distracted or we're too worked up about some inconsequential thing that the devil is using in our lives to, to uh, deprive us, to distract us of what we should be doing. And that is telling people about the Lord. That is why we exist. And friend, if this church ever ceases to understand that, then we might as well close the doors. We might as well close the doors. We have a responsibility to get the gospel to our community. Now, I, wanna, I want you to notice what this church did. Immediately, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they began to preach the gospel. And uh, the day of Pentecost, there were 3,000 people who heard the gospel who were saved. Then they followed the Lord in believers' baptism, and they were added unto the church. Imagine that. 3,000 people saved at one time. In Acts chapter 2 and verse number 42, the Bible says that they, that is the church, the group of the believers, they continued steadfastly 
in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. That's what this church is to do. We're to continue steadfastly doing what God has given us to do. Here's a church that after they waited and once they were filled, once they understood what God's plan was and what God's purpose was, uh, once they got all that in line, they went into their community and they preached the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. People were saved. In Acts chapter 2 and verse number 46, the Bible said, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. It's the Lord's business to add to the church. It's our business to tell people the message of the gospel. Acts chapter 4, verse number 4. Peter and John had gone up to the beautiful gate as they were going through the beautiful gate to the temple. Uh, They met a lame man who wanted some money, and what they said to him, silver and gold have we none, but such as I have give I unto you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk in the man who who had never stood on his own two feet, who had never walked, stood immediately to his feet. He was running and leaping and praising God. Everybody there knew him. They were all filled with wonder. They came together to find out what happened, and Peter began to preach the gospel, the message of Jesus. Acts chapter 4 and verse number 4, the Bible tells us that 5,000 were saved that day. You see, this church waited, and then they went. Acts chapter 4 and verse number 33, though they were threatened... They prayed for power, and the Lord answered their prayer. And you know what they did? They continued to preach. Notice what the Bible says. And with great power gave the apostles uh, witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. They continued, though they were threatened, they they continued to preach the gospel. Notice in Acts chapter 5 and verse number 14, though there was sin and judgment in the church, there was division in the church, though that was happening They continued to preach the gospel. Acts 5 and verse 14, after that was dealt with, the Bible says, and believers were the more added to the church, multitudes, both of men and women. Acts chapter 5 and verse number 42, and daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and to preach Jesus Christ. What is it going to take for you and I, for the Tabernacle Baptist Church, to cease teaching and preaching Jesus Christ? They did it every day. May God help us to be faithful. In Acts chapter 6, there was a problem. There was a dispute in the church, one group against the other, and that dispute was dealt with. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 6 and verse 7, and the word of God increased and the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. You mean there was a problem in the church? Oh, yes, I can't believe it. Oh, no, it's going to end right here. No, it's not. We're going to deal with it, the power of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to decide to agree together as a church, and we're going to move forward. And when that happens, people will be saved. The Bible says the word of God increased. It didn't diminish. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't go away. It increased. The influence of the church increased. People being saved increased the preaching of the gospel, increased in Jerusalem. And the number of disciples multiplied greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Then in Acts chapter 8 and verse number 4, 
Now we find the church under intensifying persecution. And they're forced to leave Jerusalem. Notice in Acts chapter 8 and verse number 4, therefore they were scattered abroad, went everywhere preaching the word. God used the persecution and God used the people persecuted to carry the message of the gospel. And they went everywhere, the Bible says, preaching the word. Nothing could stop them from fulfilling the plan. They went. Acts chapter 9 and verse number 31 Uh, The gospel had advanced to the Gentiles. The chief persecutor of the church, Paul, was saved and called into the ministry. And you know what they did? They just kept on preaching. Notice in Acts 9 and verse 31, then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were, what's the last word, church? Multiplied. God's gospel was going forward. Let me tell you, in this day of decay and decadence in our nation, in this day of wickedness, we need to keep preaching the message of the gospel. We don't need to quit. We don't need to allow anything to hinder us from doing what God has given us to do as a church. And if we've been distracted or dissuaded from that purpose, may God help us today to renew our commitment in Hickory, North Carolina, to carry the soul-saving message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our city and to our town. We have an opportunity to go into the nursing homes. We have an opportunity to go into neighborhoods and encourage children, and they're here this morning in another place meeting who ride our Sunday school buses. Uh, We have opportunities to bring in young people and to go into the public schools and to go to Lenore Ryan University. What will God continue to do through this church? And what will God do in you and through you this year? And by the way, some of you have already decided to tune me out because you don't think this applies to you. Friend, I love you, but you're wrong. This applies to you. We all have a responsibility to carry the message of the gospel. What will you do in 2020? This is the Lord's plan. may not be your plan. In most cases, it isn't. But your plan and my plan really don't matter, do it? It is the Lord's plan. You know what they did? They waited. You know what they did? They went. Here's the last thing. They witnessed. They witnessed. When they went, they witnessed. Notice what the Bible says in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. What did the Lord say we would be? Ye shall be witnesses. What does a witness do? A witness bears testimony. I remember a a few years back, well, several years back now, I witnessed a crime take place. A man used a vehicle to assault someone else in another vehicle. It was a horrific scene. I couldn't believe it happened. Scared me to death. I'll never forget it. And I was called later to court. And uh, the attorney said to me, Mr. Hooks, can you tell us what you saw? 
And so, because I was there when it took place, they drove into the parking lot of our church. I had just came out of my office. I was going to the University of Tennessee. We were going to have a Bible study at the University of Tennessee that evening. I just come out of the building, and two cars come through the parking lot speeding, and one man intentionally rams into another. And so they said, can you describe for us what you saw? I was able to do that because I'm the one who saw it. And so a witness is someone who tells others what he has seen or what he has experienced. Do you remember when the Lord saved you? Do you remember that day? Do, do you remember how that when you, when you trusted Jesus, before you trusted him, you were under conviction and you were miserable in your sin? Do, do you remember hearing the message of the gospel and knowing at that moment that you needed to be saved? Do you remember that time? Do you remember receiving Christ as your Savior and, and that freedom of that forgiveness and that burden being lifted and that new life infused in you, the life of the Holy Ghost, when you were born again, do you remember that? Do you remember the excitement that you had and how that you loved God and loved his church and you couldn't wait to get to church? Do you remember just wanting to tell everybody you knew that you'd been saved? Do you remember... Do you remember wanting your friends to be saved? I got saved at Bible school. You know what I did the next day? I took one of my friends with me. I sat right next to him, and when the preacher preached and the invitation was given, I said, hey, man, do you want to be saved? Well, you know what's happened to us now. We're too dignified and refined to do that kind of thing. No, that's the problem. We've forgotten what we're here to do. Do you remember when that happened to you? Now, let me just say this. Let me pause and say this. If you don't remember when that happened to you, that might be evidence that it's never happened to you. And you can't be witness unless you've seen it and experienced it for yourself. And so, friend, if you're not saved today, if you're saying in your heart, I, I, that's never happened in my life, then let me tell you that the Lord Jesus wants to save you. And if you will receive him today, he will save you. He'll come into your life and you'll know it. You can't be saved and not know it. Now, the devil will cause you to doubt. I'm not, I'm not disputing that. But friend, if you've been born again, you, you know you've been born again. And if you haven't, then you don't know that and you don't have that assurance. And the reason some people aren't being witnesses is because they have no story to tell. But if you have a story to tell, then tell your story. Now, in, Act, in Matthew chapter 28, here's what Jesus said. In Matthew 28 and verse 18, Jesus came and spake unto them. This is after his resurrection. He came and spake unto his disciples in Matthew 28. And he said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Do you know that does away with our excuse right there? I don't know what excuse you have. You, you, might, you might think you have a new one. You, you might think, well, in my case, this is my excuse, and the Lord understands. Wait a minute. All power is given unto me. And he's giving that power to you and I. 
That means power to overcome every excuse, every insufficiency, every inability, every, uh, every uh, problem that you and I have in our personality, every deficiency, every fear. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now, friend, that's some power. That's the power that put this universe into existence. Oh, that's the power that brought Jesus out of that grave. Now, since we have all power, verse 19, go ye therefore and teach all nations. That's give them the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Once they've been saved, once they've received the message of the gospel, then they are to be taught to follow the Lord Jesus in believer's baptism. This is the plan. This is what we're to tell people. We're to give them the gospel. Jesus died for you, and he will save you if you'll call upon him. And once they've been saved, we're to baptize the converts. And then he says in verse number 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. That's what we do Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. That is what we're doing in our Christian school ministry, in our Bible club ministry. This is what we're doing. We're teaching people to observe all things that he has commanded us to observe. This is what we are to do. We are to witness. This is God's plan for this church, for this pastor, for you. Are you carrying out God's plan? Now go back to the house that we talked about at the beginning. And you walk into it, and your wife looks at you. And, fellas, you know that look, right? And everything is wrong because the builder didn't follow the plan. And he wants his check. You see, there's coming a day when you and I are going to stand in front of the builder, the chief cornerstone, the author, the Savior. And he's going to say to us, did you follow my plan? Well, Lord, we were busy. You know, I, I, and there's nothing wrong with working, okay? But when we put work above God, You know, Lord, I, I didn't lead many people to Jesus, but I, I sure built a good business. Oh, you think that's going to matter to him? Took a lot of trips around the world, but I never wanted anybody to Jesus. Never even talked to anybody about Jesus. You think he's going to be impressed? Made a lot of money. Well, I did a lot for the church. Really? Did you tell people about Jesus? That's the plan. That's what we're here for. Thank you for listening to this message from Tabernacle Baptist Church. We pray that God has used His Word to speak to your heart today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of Tabernacle Baptist Church, you can go to our website, tabernaclehickory.org. 
That is tabernaclehickory.org. There you'll find additional resources that we pray God will use to be a help to you. If the Lord should lead you to partner with us or make a donation online, you'll find a link provided on the website at tabernaclehickory.org. May God bless you and thank you for listening.